How to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. In this episode, I sat down with Caitlin Brooke or Kate Brooke. This is a great conversation. It's actually part of my documentary, Daredevil Society. Before we get into that, I want to talk about so many things Caitlin has to say here. She actually made this wild transition from being in the music industry to doing stunts. She learned stunts on the job, learned how to train stunts like getting hit by a car, how she was raised and influenced her career, the stunt community, and of course the problem that why are we not, why are they not nominated for Oscars? It's such an odd thing. If you haven't heard the last few episodes, I am bringing my um, producing partner, Marion, on these episodes now. She does a great job behind the scenes. We're going to start having little intros for you guys before each episode. So tell me, Marion, what kind of stood out about this conversation with Kate? She has this really fun story about like how she moved from being in the music industry to doing stunts. And basically it was just like she met some people that did stunts. And she like immediately like connected with them in a way that she wasn't connecting with people in the music industry. And I thought the way, the way she tells it sounds just really, like you know how much she actually loved the fact that she changed industries and I love that. And of course, the, the when she started talking about the lack of Oscar nominations, again, like, I I think a lot of us don't realize this type of this type of stuff happens because the usual there's a lot of like awards that aren't actually shown on TV. So I I think I always thought they did get an award. I just thought they wasn't it wasn't on on TV. But yeah, like definitely having met a lot of them through your interviews and through the documentary, definitely think they should have like awards for them yeah yeah they definitely put in a ton of work and yeah you're right though it does you almost assume like everyone at the end of a movie when you see the credits you assume they're all possibly nominated for something in a category maybe you don't know about um, but this is one of the really major ones it's so surprising it's been 100 years of stunts if you watch the best picture category they're showing you stunts from films in the trailer and yet they're not they're just completely being overlooked um, so Caitlin talks a little bit more about that. I really love her like moral compass and a lot of things she has to say. It is so surprising she went from being in the music industry and being maybe a college athlete, but how that kind of led to stunts. I'm gonna let her tell her story now. If you want to find out more about the documentary, you can uh, pledge, invest, watch free teasers, all kinds of stuff over at daredevilsociety.com. Watch that one minute trailer. You'll get access to a few more um, eight minute pieces there and also all the interviews for those who do invest in the project. But enough talking, here is my conversation with Caitlin Brooke about how she got started in her career as a stunt person. I feel that a lot of people who are in stunts maybe will say that uh, they didn't choose to get into stunts. It's not something, at least from my experience and talking with fellow colleagues that uh, they grew up saying, I want to be a stunt performer. Uh, and I'm also one of those. I had no idea what stunts even was when I got to Los Angeles. I moved out here 
I was on a songwriting contract. So I was in the music business full time. And I, you know, was songwriting, doing background vocals, some performances myself here and there, but I'd been in music for you know, full time since I was, I don't know, 16 ish. I started traveling the world doing different tours um, as a performing artist. So there was no plan B for me. It was music all the way. And when my manager finally told me, like, you got to get to Los Angeles, you know, I was in Arizona, based out of Arizona. Uh, we need you here. Commuting is just becoming too much of an issue. Uh, so I made the jump, got to Los Angeles. And um, for lack of a better term, the music industry in LA, at least my experience was very dark, very um, soul sucking for me, like, um, morally where I lied and where the business wanted me to go just didn't mesh. So, uh, I was like, God, you got to give me something else. I can't, I am not going to survive in the music business the way it is and the way it was going. And I had met a few stunt performers based off of, I was doing a show for the NBA all-stars when they were in Los Angeles and I needed to hire a bunch of dancers people who can do flips, things like that. So we went to a facility at the time called White Lotus, which has now transferred, uh, transformed into Jam. And uh, I went there looking for dancers, gymnasts, people who can kind of fill the backstage uh, with some incredible work. And I picked out these guys, hired them. We did the show, started talking to them. Like, what do you guys do? Are you competitive gymnasts? Are you, you know, professional dancers? And some of them had said stunts or stuntmen. And I was like, what is that? You know, very interest peaked. Like most people, anytime you hear, oh, you're a stunt performer, people's eyes just get really big and they think it's cool. Um, I was one of those. And I, I was so attracted to the team, to the community, to those performers uh, because of their work ethic, the sense of team. Uh, I was a collegiate athlete. So that really struck a chord with me of like my success is your success. And that was such a beautiful change from my experience in the music business, which was very much, uh, what are you gonna do for me first before I help you out kind of vibe. So I was like, all right, this is, these are my people. I wanna, I wanna be around this environment, this energy. And I was very lucky enough that some incredibly talented martial artists that I had met right off the bat took me under their wing. And they're like, if you give us 150%, we'll teach you what you need to know if you're committed you know, uh, things will line up for you and you will be successful in this business. So, you know, and so I committed fully to it, made the shift, got out of the music business, became a full-time stunt performer and haven't looked back since. It's been amazing. Was there any, any doubt in there or was it just, I mean, it, it's such a big transition, even though you kind of displayed it all, it, it does make sense more so than when you were first starting to talk about the music, but was there any mm -hmm. hesitation there? Uh, in switching careers. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it was, it was, um, unfamiliar waters for me. It, there wasn't like, uh, I can, you can see a correlation between like dancers going into stunts, circus people going into stunts, musician going into stunts is kind of like a, a, a bigger gap. Um, but I knew, uh, my physical capabilities. I knew my, um, ability to, ability of commitment to whatever I set my mind to. This is what I'm going to, I'm going to give myself this, this amount of time, uh, this amount of training. And I know I'm going to be able to reach it. And I think that's just growing up in sports, growing up being an athlete 
And at that time in my life, at the age I was at, I was like, okay, I know for me, I'm never going to be the person who's going to be doing double backflip power tumbler. Like I didn't grow up in gymnastics. So I really had to be very specific on what avenue um, I went into stunts with uh, the skills that I was currently going to bring with myself. Uh, of course, expanding that knowledge, expanding those skills within my capabilities. Um, but, you know, I just took my history of, I was a volleyball player. So hitting the ground, I uh, was a libero, hitting the ground was not uh, something I was afraid of. Always having to dive head first uh, to do volleyballs and stuff like that. Um, I grew up playing soccer, basketball, like multi-layer uh, multi athlete. Um, so I knew what I was able to learn, how quick, how coachable I was, the amount of like uh, teamwork I was able to give. Um, so I, I felt very confident that jobs were going to land. Uh, but I was also, you know, I'm still a student, always, always, always a student. It's a business of uh, supply and demand, you know, so it's, you could be the best stunt performer in the world, but if there's no demand for it, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of at the, the demand of the industry, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just stay active, keep a positive mindset. Like I am creative in other avenues. I love to write and do things like that. So, you know, stunts is, is incredible. Um, and it will, the industry will supply a need for it, but it, it's also one of those, you know, we have to be patient for the jobs that are going to come our way. So stunts are obviously very physical, but there's also a mindset of the understanding what your body's capable of. Can you kind of expand upon that at all? Because I, I mean, I understand moving from college, but just knowing that you can do a certain move or something that you've never done before, seems a little mm -hmm. bit scary anyway. For sure. Um, there have been times where I have, you know, been hired for a job, show up on set and it's, um, I didn't grow up doing jujitsu. We'll use that, like that avenue of martial arts, mm -hmm. like the ground game was nothing, you know, and I show up and they're like, okay, we want to do this X, Y, Z move. I've never even heard the name. Right. Uh, and I know I'm a visual learner. So I'm like, can, can someone show me what it looks like? Are you willing? And you just have to be very open from ground level. Like uh, if they call and say, hey, we're doing this uh, 40 foot high fall. Are you comfortable? Usually if it's something of a specialty, like a car hit, a high fall, a fire burn, um, that kind of a lot of performers might specialize in or have had experience prior in. If they ask or tell you what the stunt is, you cannot be afraid. And I, I find this especially as a female, we cannot be afraid to say, hey, I've never done that before, but I'm willing to learn. If you're, if the coordinator has the time and the patience and willingness to teach you and know that you're coachable, I have found that to be, um, my ally, like just honesty. And so I've had that many times where I, they've said, Hey, we're going to do this car hit. I'm like, I've never done one before, but I would love to give you everything that I've got. I'm a quick learner. If you're willing to teach me and 99.9% .9 of the time, the coordinators have been like, yes, because they want to work with somebody who is one is not afraid to learn something new. Who's not afraid to say they've never done it. And if at that point they say they hire you and then you are, you know, God forbid, you're still unable to perform the stunt. You've at least given mm -hmm. the base foundation of like, well, they knew coming in, they knew coming in that you've never done it. Um, but there's also some work to be done on, uh, on the performer side outside, like during training times, it's like, okay, if you've never done this specific stunt, what can you do to train it? A car hit. Let's see, you're not just going to go out and practice getting hit by a vehicle. Like that's just not what it is. Um, 
but you know, there's things that you can do. You can go to a gym, you can, you can learn how to take different reactions by jumping, you know, jumping up in different angles, landing on a, a block. If you're at say like a, you know, jam or some facility that has um, soft blocks that you can work with, like you, you do what you can to be as prepared for these things as possible. Um, but sometimes there's just not, there's just not enough training until you actually get on set and it's more of a mental game. You just be like, I'm going into this. It could hurt, probably will hurt. And, uh, you know, just, just know what, what angles you have to hit in order to minimize or eliminate any risk of injury. Hmm. And you kind of meant, um, you kind of mentioned doing some specialties. What does your like list of skill sets look like today? I would say that I have fallen into the fight specialist realm. Um, I came in with having a background in boxing, uh, not only volleyball, but when, when I was in college, I really was interested in training to get my amateur fighters license. So I had a little bit of a background in um, boxing. So uh, I came in knowing like, I think I got, I got into the industry. I switched to stunts when I was maybe 26, 26. So fairly, I don't want to say fairly older, but there were a lot of stunt performers who, you know, they grew up in martial arts. They had been in the business since they were 19, 18, 19, um, who have developed it, you know, a, a wider range of skills at a younger age. And at 26, I felt like, okay, here's what I, here's what I come with. So I'm going to be a master at that. I'm going to be as good as I could possibly get at what I already have, learn as much as I can, but also know my limitations. Um, you know, I've, I've had, I would say fights, definitely weapons, really, really fun to me, really exciting for me to learn. So I love, uh, getting like traditional, uh, Chinese weapons or, you know, you take a like Jackie Chan stuff where you can take a household item and make it into mm -hmm. something. Um, I find that really fascinating and fun. So I love to train that basic gymnastics. That was a, that was something I really had to uh, challenge myself because I didn't, I didn't grow up being like inverted, like my air awareness being upside down was zero. So that was something that was scary for me at first because, um, I just had didn't grow up doing it, but I had to learn. I was like, okay, I see these other performers. This is in their skill set. They have the same as me plus X, Y, and Z. So without risking major injury, again, within my, what I know my limitations are, I had to train and and challenge myself to learn new things that might be a base expectation from a coordinator what they think okay a stunt woman at the base level comes with these amount of skills uh, and that can vary you know there's there's people who specialize in in like the western world and like horses there's people who only drive you know which is incredible um there are people who specialize in high falls uh, those a lot of those people are like ex-professional divers and things like that so there's jobs I've turned down like knowing high falls not going to be my jam never done it um there are people who have that skill already who are much better for the job who are my you know height my look everything and I have no problem giving the job to the best possible person um so I'm like fights I knew were going to be my avenue so you made this career transition. I think you said it was partially, it was like faith based. You also have this confidence to say no to things. Can you talk about like 
I don't know. It seems like you're very aware of not having an ego and, and thinking about the longevity of this career. Can you kind of just mm -hmm. any thoughts about that? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, that's, I think this is a big nod to just how I was raised. Um, knowing that it, being extremely confident in anything that I stepped my foot into my, my dad was always like, you know, if you're going to commit to something, be the best, be the best at what you can do, like what you're going to involve yourself in, you want to give 150%. Um, and especially in this business, reputation is everything. I've seen it too many times where uh, people will accept a job because out of fear, out of saying, hey, I don't know when the next job is going to come. So I just got to take this one. Um, they end up getting injured. Uh, they end up getting fired because they can't perform the job uh, that they agreed to do. And that spreads like wildfire. I mean, it's it, especially in stunts, right? When safety is the number one thing that we're all concerned with. Um, and so I've learned also by like seeing it happen to other people. Like, you know what? I, I trust my capabilities. The industry has ebbs and flows. I've, and I've listened to stories from people, generations above me in the stunt business of saying, hey, Kate, it's okay to say, no to this job another one will come along is is risk of injury really worth putting you out for six months of course not mm. um and i think i was just you know with the confidence that was instilled in me growing up with my parents through uh, every sport that i did academically anything like that they were like hey know what you're great at be proud of it and don't be ashamed if you cannot do something else it's okay it's okay that someone else is better at something than you um, and you know, just be, just be proud of what you're able to offer. And if it doesn't fit the job next, you know, and so I don't, I don't, I feel very blessed in having this kind of sense of peace that, you know, like if, if jobs aren't coming my way, there's a reason for it. I also think that's a lot of that is like you had said earlier is faith-based for me. Like, um, I 1000% believe in God. And that he is real and that he is in control of everything. So if I even I've had jobs that I've been given and then it gets dropped, of course, that hurts. I'm like, oh, gosh, I was really excited to work. But it's like, OK, bigger picture. Maybe something terrible would have happened on set. Maybe there's a bigger job that's coming for a longer period of time. Um, I really do have a sense of peace about that. And I'm so grateful because I know a lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try and, you know. There's a bunch of us girls who who chatter all the time of like, you know, about jobs and work and other stunt women. And we have to constantly be encouraging each other like, hey, it's OK. You don't have a job for a month. You know, it's just a month. You know, wait it out. It's going to be OK. Um, so that's, you know, I I don't know if that really answered your question, but I I, I really do feel it's I'm, I'm pretty solid. Uh, you know, on, on passing by and say, or saying no, if something's not comfortable, if I don't feel good with it. Um, recently had an audition to do a, they wanted a stunt actress for this film. I was ready to film the audition and I finally read the full script. And at the end, the end scene was um, something that didn't rest well with me and uh, with what I'm about, like my, I'm very, I'm very vocal about my faith. And if someone, if I had gotten this job and someone had watched the movie, it would have contradicted that. Mm. So I had to just tell my agent, say, hey, you know, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful to have gotten the audition. It's incredible to get the look. Uh, but the story of this film, you know, doesn't, doesn't fit with my lifestyle. 
And to me, there's a bigger picture of a bigger purpose than just stunts. Mm. And so that drives a lot of what I do in the industry, what I choose to do. That's great. Um, who are some, you mentioned a few people already, maybe, are there some other influences you can think of or that people you met early in your career that you were kind of maybe mentors and that type of thing? Yeah. Oh my gosh. A thousand percent. I will give them all the accolades. Um, one of the biggest influences in my career, his name is Michael Lair. He, if anybody sees this and is in stunts, uh, they'll most likely know who he is. Um, he and I, also another uh, performer, Alvin Singh, another performer, Narayan Cabral. Um, we all kind of got into the industry around the same time. And, but these three individuals had had massive um, martial arts backgrounds their entire life. They had trained, or at least at a younger age than me, had trained and excelled in martial arts and were pursuing stunts. And they were kind of the first people that I had been introduced to uh, who were, you know, at the same time they were figuring out the industry uh, probably knew a little bit more about what was required of a stock performer because it's something that they were uh, looking to pursue. And I was still in music when I met them. Um, and they were so kind in when I, when I expressed interest, I was like, I want to learn. And they were like, cool, let's do it. Let's teach you. And it, there was, there was no hesitation of like, mm, I don't know if she, she's coming for music. I don't know. Is she, can she actually do it? You know, it, it was like they gave me the benefit of the doubt. And I knew that that was an opportunity that was so I was so lucky to have because I've seen it in this industry. A lot of people, though, there's a background performer on set, right, who everyone's fascinated with stunts. They'll want to come up, talk to a stunt performer like, oh, I really want to do stunts. And I, I've watched it where the stunt performer was going to be like their background, like whatever. And and this like this breaks my soul because it's like, I was that person. I was a person who had zero in, like experience even on a set. And I came to somebody and was like, I'm so interested. I want to do it. And those three uh, gentlemen that I mentioned took me under their ring and they're like, yes, okay, we'll train you, you know? And then we'll, we'll get, we'll share our knowledge. Knowledge is power and do, do with it what you want. And that has really inspired me that anytime someone comes up to me or I've had people refer to me who will call and say, hey, this person wants to talk to you. They're, they think stunts is so cool. They follow you on Instagram, whatever. And they're interested about joining the industry. I'm like, please, I meet, I'll meet with them for coffee. I'll have a Zoom call with them. And I was like, because people share their knowledge with me, who am I to with, withhold that from somebody else? Because you never, you never know. Um, what, you know, life change someone is going through, uh, who's going to be the next greatest stunt performer of all time. We don't know. And I think everyone deserves a fair shot, uh, to, to pursue it. And if, if you can't cut it, you can't cut it. It's going to be very, very mm -hmm. quickly. You'll, you'll realize like, I might not, I don't like hitting the ground or, you know, some actors, some actors want to switch into stunts and they're like, mm, maybe not. I don't want to, you know, bust my elbow or whatever. Um, but I really do believe everyone deserves a fair shot. And I was given that. And um, I just want to share that same, you know, love and camaraderie that I had received with everybody else. And part of that, you know, from an outsider, people think movies are so big, but in the stunt world, it's a relatively small world and relationships are so mm -hmm. important. Is that kind of how you experience it as well? Yeah, I would, I would say in um, retrospect to like the actors 
you know, of the industry or musicians or producers. Um, stunts is a really big, is, is a family for sure. I think um, I've never been like dove into the actor's world, world fully, but I know a lot of actor friends who have said, wow, it's, it's so cool. The stunts, the stunt crew on every film seems to be the, the, the closest knit family. Um, and I would have to agree, even if we go to auditions, there'll be a commercial audition where they're auditioning actors and then they're auditioning some stunt performers. And you walk into the room and all the stunt performers are like, what's up, so good to see you, hugs, you know, like, dude, it's so cool, we're here for the same role, like supportive, even if you're not gonna get it, your friend gets it, you celebrate it. That's been my personal experience and what I've seen, I'm sure there's, you know, there's, there's a downside to every industry, but I've been very lucky to see a majority of the positive side. And actors, you'll see like most time, they're all sitting there like straight, studying their lines or straightforward, not even looking to the person to the right. And um, it's, it's very interesting to see the different dynamics. And so it is, it's big, stunts are growing. There's a huge community of young folk coming up and coming into the business and bringing incredible talent. Um, but still small in comparison, I think, to to other parts of the industry. What do you think are some common misconceptions about the stunt world? Common misconceptions. Um, wow. Trying to think of what I maybe had thought of the stunt business before I got into it. Part of it, like you said, you didn't really think about it at all because, you know, stunts are so hidden, you know, it's or like yeah. if you watch a it's movie, all- it's not supposed to be noticed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, a common, a common, mis- the question I get a lot of time is like, does this actor really do a lot of their own stuff? Um, I think the industry is going in a way where, you know, of course the, the, produ- the production wants the actor to do as much as they possibly can. And I think that's beautiful. And I think that's, you know, if, if they've got the time and the money essentially for the, for the actors to train, like with a um, an ample amount of time with the stunt performers, they end up doing a lot of their own fight-based stuff. Of course, when it comes to hard hitting the ground, anything that's higher risk, the majority of the time the stunt performer will step in. Um, but misconceptions, you know, I think, I do think a lot of people think it's easier than what is required because we'll say, a background performer or a PA or somebody who else else who's once at onset happens to be there on a day where the stunt performer runs slips that's their only day that's their only stunt for the day mm-hmm. and they're like oh I can do it you know there's nothing it's not that hard um so you know a lot of times people think it's easier because they see it on an easy day uh, but we all know there's this thing like with stunts that we're like okay if we have an easy day the next one's going to be hard. We know if we luck out getting, you know, a trip and fall, the next one, you're going to have to blow through glass on fire or something, you know, there's kind of this, this running joke about that. Um, so I think sometimes people think it's a lot, it's easier than it is based on what they saw on the one day that they were there. Um, and I don't think people realize how much time goes into prep. I think that's, that's a, a big piece of like this 30 second fight scene, you know, was rehearsed for three months and took five days to shoot. You know, there's, I think time is kind of, you know, uh, misconstrued in what it actually takes to make a quality 
fight or action sequence uh, that maybe only lasts for 30 seconds. You may have already kind of answered this. Do you have a, a favorite skill set? Is it kind of within the martial arts and boxing arena? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, anything hand-to-hand -hand combat uh, weapons. I love, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, boxing is my wheelhouse. I've, I've recently done some coordinating and some fight coordinating for two different boxing films. Like that's, that's my jam. I, I love it. Um, but I also love handguns. I mean, I grew up shooting with my dad. Um, so anything that's military based, uh, I've done some stuff for, uh, we did when I worked, when I worked on tenant, that was one of my favorite jobs ever. Cause it was just, you know, having to play a soldier running around in the desert, you know, working with different rifles and things like that. Um, so it was, I, I absolutely love playing a soldier and I have a huge respect for the military. Uh, and I've had, I've had family in the military, so it's kind of like, it's kind of cool to have some type of glimpse. I mean, I know it's totally, what we do is totally fake, not even close to what the military can do, but I, I, I think it's really fascinating when I get to play a military character and kind of step in, step toes into that position a little bit. Since you uh, mentioned Tenet, how was the, from your perspective, the secrecy of what you were doing? Because Nolan is so known for not telling anyone anything. How was that kind of compared to other roles? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in regards to, of course, we all sign NDAs like that on everything that we do. Um, it was, I mean, I, I had zero idea of what the film was about. I was only on it for three weeks for um we shot in indio california the desert sequence um and even going into it like the people who'd been on it for six months who've done the whole like you know went, went overseas and shot with them for the whole film i they didn't tell anything either so it's like i'm really just stepping into a small piece of the film not knowing what's before not knowing what's after um and it, and then when I watched the movie, I still don't know what happened. Like, you know, it's one of those movies. It's like, I'm like, wow, I was a part of it. And I still don't understand, you know? Um, so that honestly, though, wasn't the biggest, like, secrecy film. And I don't know if it's because we were so far removed from civilization. We were literally in the middle of the desert. We didn't have to worry about paparazzi or people trying to come up and take pictures of costuming and things like that. Um, but when I was on you know, Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like, you wear this full length cloak outside. Anytime you got to go to the bathroom, you got to put this whole thing on, cover up your face, especially if you have makeup. When I was on first season of uh, Westworld, mm -hmm. same, like I had to, nothing had been revealed about this movie or about this series. And I had had the full body snake tattoo. I was doubling Ingrid Bolso for one. I don't know if I said her last name correctly. I'm sorry, but Ingrid, um, she had a full body snake tattoo and I had to get that on and I wasn't working for five days. I had to get it on. And then I wasn't working for till the end of the week, essentially. They're like, you have to stay home. You cannot go out in public. Like you have this face tattoo on. Uh, so it was, you know, it was quite interesting to have to like try and hide, you know, wear hoods and stuff when I went out to the grocery store and stuff. So people weren't like, What's going on? You know, why don't you have a snake tattoo? Um, so, you know, secrecy. I think, I think, from my experience, Marvel is probably the biggest. Like, yeah. they don't want to reveal nothing. <laughs> have you? Um, 
I don't know, heard any talk or have any comments about like one big thing is like since I've been around for a hundred years, part of my documentary is like, it really got started with Chaplin Keaton and some of the, they, that's what they were doing. There's still not an Oscar category. Uh, any, any thoughts on that or anything that a common thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, it's it, a very interesting topic for me because uh, when I, when I speak with generations older than me, like I've been in it since I think I joined in 2015. So I joined the union um from 2015 to now other than the the union like after unsad combining which was like a huge you know a big move for me this is all i've ever known is how contracts are right now other than the additional like sometimes we'll get the the contracts will raise by i don't know 30 bucks you know x one like x amount of dollars that's all i've ever known the amount of residuals we get that's all i've ever known not having an oscar category it's you know that's all i've ever known um i I think it's, I definitely think it's unfair. I don't, I think that, you know, these movies that are winning, are, are winning Oscars. Um, the people, the reason people are going to watch them is because of action. Uh, obviously, unless it's a heavy, big drama movie, but still, uh, you, we we just need more actors speaking out about that, that we need the category. Um, and, Everybody who hears that we don't have an Oscar category is very surprised that, wait, you don't? Like, they just assumed, you know. Like, uh, untelevised or something, yeah. yeah. Every other major department has it. It's like, how does stunts not have it? And people are shocked, like, more people are shocked than anything. Um, And I can't speak to why that is other than, you know, like, I really don't know. I really don't know why, why we can't have it or they don't want us to have it um unless but, it's some, you know some artsy thing you know or something like that that's i don't know cuz i mean it, it would be great to see a movie like john wick win oscars for something cuz you know all the work that goes into it and, and plenty oh of the stunt the stunts that you've done as well you know for sure for sure yeah it was great when we got like we have the emmys we're like cool why is tv recognizing it um but not film that's mm-hmm. a very interesting divide there so you know and and film it's like there's so much i don't want to discredit uh television that's what i I mostly work in episodic work because i'm la based so much tv there um you know and we have to develop and learn and teach a fight scene in two days right like we don't get a lot of time with the actors and such like that so it's cool to get recognized for the amount of time that we have to make an action sequence happen so it's cool that they recognize that but a film when you've got you know you've got a prep team for three months and then you're shooting for seven months and some of these you know these coordinators and performers are on it for the entire run and they don't get they don't even get a nod for for the amount of time that they put out of their life into creating these incredible sequences is is outrageous to me i think we're almost or over time actually but um just kind of last question any advice for those trying to break in today I and mean, you've given a lot of great little nuggets and pieces of wisdom there but if you were starting today how might you try and break in Mm-hmm. um don't i would say don't be shy like if you if you find your way on set if you are a pa a background and in one other you know some type of avenue and you're on set don't be afraid to walk up to a stunt performer and express interest like um i would hope you know and this is like a shout to all my stunt performers as well of like don't don't turn somebody away based off of you know what your first you just look at them and you're like, mm, I don't think they can hang. I don't think they can hang. 
It's like, give, give everybody the benefit of the doubt, you know, uh, have the conversation with them. Uh, so don't be afraid to walk up to somebody and express interest. That's my biggest thing. And be honest with yourself and what you're willing, what you're available to offer, uh, to the industry. Um, yeah, be ready to learn, be ready to work hard, be ready to be tired. Uh, but it's 1000% worth it. Our community is so beautiful, um, in my experience. And I hope that everybody, uh, could have the experience that I've had. I know it's, that's not the case, uh, in some circumstances, but uh, I hope that our stunt professionals step up and, uh, you know, be kind to everybody who approaches them with interest about our industry, because, uh, the more, the more people we can have in it, the more interest, um, the more talent we can bring under the fold, you know, we're just going to be a stronger community altogether. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.